Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger. I've been to a whole bunch of sex events. I'm at one right now. Oh my god. Who are you? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator, a sex blogger, and I'm at Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit right now. We're in the same place. Maybe we should like meet up. Oh my and god, hang out. we should. That like never happened. <laughs> no. What a coincidence. <laughs> Except so that's weird. the first time we met up and hung out. <laughs> yeah. So the first time we ever met, the first time that our legendary friendship became our legendary friendship, um, <laughs> the mythology of the Dildorks, if I may. We're legendary. <laughs> Uh, we met at, well, we didn't meet at a con. We met at a thing called Dildo Holiday, but we were not friends there. <laughs> yeah, we talked a little, but, like, we didn't hang out and, like, fully cement our bond right. until we had a threesome at Playground. Right. Well, the story is that... That's how friendships start, right? <laughs> at Dildo Holiday, I tried to bond with Vex, and I didn't understand that they're, like... <laughs> not into the same things that I'm into. So I was like, do you want to do our makeup together for a photo shoot? And they were like, I don't think I'm going to wear makeup. <laughs> Which now I'm like, obviously they weren't going to wear makeup. But at the time I was like, oh, I guess they don't want to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag fem problems. Yeah. Um, but then... Speaking of hashtags, actually, if anyone wants to live tweet, um, we are live tweeting at hashtag Live. Also the conference tag, hashtag... Hashtag SFS17, and you know, our handles are up there as well, Girly Juice and Bex Talk Sex, and the podcast is at the Dildorks. <laughs> Thank you for remembering that important logistical thing that no I completely problem. forgot. It's great. Yes. Uh, and I should say for the folks listening on the podcast, this is a live podcast in front of people. Do you people want to make some noise? <laughs> yeah. So this is the first time we've ever done this. It's super, super cool. exciting. <laughs> yeah. So we met, we became friends at a con. And it was the Playground Conference in Toronto. And I feel like cons, Which is coming back. It's coming back in February. And they Y'all just announced speakers, uh, speakers' applications. It's going to be so great. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited. Uh, and I feel like cons are, like, a unique way of, like, becoming deeper friends with people because you're seeing all these people who you only see on Twitter ordinarily, at least that's my experience, and you're spending, like, solid days with them. Like, it's, like, very intense. It's, like, summer camp, kind of. Yeah. It's definitely sex blogger summer camp, especially yeah. Woodhull. Um, and you learn so much about people so quickly, and especially with sex bloggers, like I'm like, oh, I just met you 10 minutes ago, and you're telling me stuff about your vagina. Cool. <laughs> Let's be friends. Yeah, I think um, especially especially at like a con like Playground, where um, there are not a lot of people you know I knew going in, at least in that experience. And my first time at Woodhull, I knew literally one person going in. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's a super easy way because you wind up kind of having to glom onto people because you're like, otherwise I'm alone. So you wind up going around and uh, making a lot of friends that way and just kind of like, this is your community for a week, so figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and it's also really great for networking because yeah. I feel like it's easy to kind of like forget someone when you see them in your Twitter mentions and you don't know them in real life. But like, I feel like I've met so many people this week who like now I'm going to hear their tweets and their voice when I read them and I'm just going to feel so much more connected to them. I hate to be that guy who's like, the real world is so much better than the internet world because I really don't think that that's true. But I think that our brains maybe kind of process these experiences more readily. And so we kind of like... Yeah, and it adds another dimension to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, <clears throat> I also feel like when... There are people I only know in the real world that I don't know in my social media sphere. Like, if they wind up, you know, we become Facebook friends or Twitter friends, especially Twitter friends. I learn a whole lot more about them. (laughs) Uh, Or at least they do about me. Um, Masturbation frequency. Yeah. Choice of choice. I definitely just said choice of choice. (laughs) Meant to say choice of choice. Was that right? Did I get that one right? Yeah, you got that one good. Um... But, uh, yeah, so you wind up, I think it just adds, like, another dimension to your friendship, and you just see them so much more, like, like you were saying, you hear their tweets and their voice and everything. It, Mm -hmm. like, kind of rounds them out as a human. Right. So this is one of the things we wanted to talk about is, like, what do you do when you're at a con and you see someone who you know from the interwebs and you're like, oh, I really want to meet them, but you're too nervous to do it. Like, how do you approach that interaction? I've been on both sides of that interaction, not to be, like, a braggy celebrity. Um, We're kind of famous. (laughs) We're kind of a good deal. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, we're not. No. How do you do that? How do you approach that? Uh, Generally... 
my biggest thing going into a con is to make myself kind of stand out so I don't have to do the approaching because I'm not good at it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so I try to, like, this year I made a whole batch of cookies and came and, like, tweeted out on the first day, was like, I have cookies, who wants them? <laughs> and people all came and found me. Um, or I'll wear, like, really, like, I have a shirt that says gay as fuck and I wore it to a con <laughs> once and I had, like, people coming up to me all day like, oh my god, that shirt's great! And I'm like, great, hi, let's be friends. <laughs> um, so it's really good for me to, like, it's easier for me if I do a thing that makes people, like, approach me. I uh, talked to my sir for the first time at a con and I met him on a night when he wore a wrestling singlet to a burlesque show, <laughs> which will make you stand out. That's a lot <laughs> um, of luck. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he did it for the same thing. And he's like, yeah, I made a lot of friends that night. It was great. <laughs> I was wearing sequined cat ears earlier today. Definitely had a lot of comments on those. <laughs> I'll also say I really like um, when someone comes up to me and they're a fan of my blog or my podcast, whatever. I really like when they tell me a specific thing uh, and not just like, I love your blog because I'm like, okay, thanks. Um, I guess we're done here. Uh, so I actually just met uh, Reed Mahalko yesterday. I'm a big fan of his um, and had never spoken to him before because I'm very shy. Um, <laughs> but I went up to him. I was like, hey, I really liked your jealousy workshop. I took it recently. I found it really helpful. And I feel like that was like a good in because then we had something to talk about that wasn't just me being like, you're great. I think you're so cool. <laughs> Please be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, – Another thing that's great about being at a con is that you have this built-in shared experience, right? Like, I could walk up to anyone here with a lanyard on and be like, so what sessions did you go to today? And for the most part, they're going to have an answer to that question. Mm -hmm. um, so just kind of you have this built-in experience and you can go over to them and be like, hey, you know, I, like, I follow you online. Another good thing is, like, introduce yourself mm -hmm. because even if I maybe don't follow you, uh, I've, if you're tweeting at me frequently, I probably see you in my mentions and like, I, I might know who you are, but especially in the sex community, we don't always have our faces as our avatars. So like, come up to me and like, give me your name and Twitter handle maybe? Like, Someone today took out their of... phone and showed me their Twitter avatar and I was like, oh you, hi! <laughs> like, I totally know you! Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, that's super helpful and then, you know, it's great to be like, hey, like, this is what I love about the work you do. Like, what have you been doing so far? How's your con going? Um, and starting a conversation that way, because there is so much built in here that you already can talk about. Mm -hmm. And I, I will say also, like, probably use your social sense as far as, like, asking personal stuff. Because <laughs> I've definitely had people approach me at cons and be like, so I read that post about, like, using a butt plug to cure constipation. How's your butt doing? And I'm like, mm. like, I know I wrote about that on my site, but, like, I literally just met you... I don't know that I'm emotionally prepared to have a conversation with that about you right now. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> That's definitely. I just got a little thing. too real for y'all. <laughs> discomfort in the room is palpable right now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there is also, I think, when you're approaching someone, Sometimes you get into this weird thing, I know, with us as people who exist super publicly on the internet. People come up to us and have, like, this semi-valid feeling of, like, they know us, right? They listen to our voice every week or they read our writing or, you know, read our tweets or whatever. And they're like, oh, hey, we're friends. And I'm like, catch me up. Who are you? You've had this friendship a year longer than I have. <laughs> and sometimes, like, just giving a little bit of context and, like, talking about yourself a little bit. I know you met your partner through this, and he did that. Yeah, um, so I met my boy through uh, through the podcast. I actually was just telling Bex before the show that I went on a Tinder date recently where this dude was like, so how many times has your podcast gotten you laid? <laughs> and I was like, are we talking about individual encounters? Because, like, I met my boyfriend through there, so, like, a lot of times. <laughs> but he, uh, he acknowledged when we met, he was like, so I know a lot more about you than you know about me. So, like, maybe do you want to ask me some things about me? Um, so I asked him a bunch of questions and caught caught him up. But uh, that doesn't have anything to do with cons. Right. But just it's a fun just fact. super interesting <laughs> about, like, meeting people and that sort of thing. Yeah. We also wanted to say, like, 
at this type of event, it can be really overwhelming to try to make friends, especially if you don't know a ton of people. And one way that's really great to do that is Twitter, because like we're very lucky with this con that it, it has a big like Twitter engagement. Um, so one thing you can do is be like, I'm going up to XYZ place, um, come and join me. Um, I, I'll often be like, hey, I'm gonna be in the blogger lounge or like I'm about to go to the pool or like it's a great way to just like summon people to you who might want to meet you and maybe they know you from Twitter and they've been looking for an opportunity to come hang out with you. And I also love like doing that around events and things that everyone has to do. Like, hey, I'm going out to get lunch. Who wants to come? Because like most people are gonna eat during the day and that's kind of a shared experience that you can have. Um, and like decompress and talk about the con or whatever and it's a good way to meet like totally new people. The first year I came to Woodhull, I went out to lunch with a crowd of people I had never met before, which slightly terrifying, but also awesome. And like Esper Bergman was in that group who like I started following he's so good. <laughs> like um, and it's great because I met all of these awesome people just because I needed to get a burger and I didn't want to do it alone. <laughs> Last year, I met Nina Hartley at this con and I was so nervous to go talk to her. Bex actually made me go and talk to her. That sounds like me, yeah. Yeah, you were like, no, you're going to go meet her. And then you just like grabbed my hand and took me over there. Um, and I did a thing which like, <laughs> if she wasn't a porn star, I would maybe warn against this because this is a little like personal and like TMI probably for someone you're just meeting. But I didn't know what else to say to her and I was like, um, so the first time anyone ever went down on me, he actually quoted one of your videos. <laughs> she was like, oh, that's interesting. Which one? And I was like, it's the one, the famous one where you teach dudes how to, like, go down on people. My partner at the time was just like, I'm going to put my mouth on you and you can use me as a masturbatory device. And I stopped and I was like, Nina Hartley? <laughs> I love that he didn't even attribute the quote. Like, he went into it like, I have this great idea. <laughs> It was and you were like, specific. I watch porn. Yeah, like everybody's, a lot of people have seen that video. Like, yeah. dude, don't try to slip one by me on that. <laughs> I am a scholar. Plagiarism in the bedroom, not not my kink. Um. <laughs> so we also, um, speaking of Twitter, we use it a lot to kind of keep up with uh, what's going on in other sessions. Because there are a lot of sessions going on. So many. And... Um, Especially, we have a lot of bloggers in this room. We're obviously bloggers. Um, and there's a lot of live, live tweeting happening, especially at this event. Um, and a lot of events really capitalize on that. Yeah, that's a it's a great way to uh, process what you're learning as well is to tweet about it um, because if you have to if you're tweeting about something you're gonna sort of distill the thought that you've just heard into a little kernel of an idea um, and you're gonna put it down and you can maybe go back and look at it later because like these cons can be really overwhelming in terms of the information you're taking in um, so I find it helpful to go back through my tweets and be like oh yeah that was an interesting idea that was a cool quote and maybe I'll use those in something later like a blog post or whatever yeah I uh live tweeting is definitely a skill like I learned it in journalism school and now I use it for shit like this (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah it like so it's not necessarily a thing that's easy for some people but for me it really helps me focus more on the session and really condense my thoughts down like Kate was saying um for people who find that distracting it can be helpful to just go back and retweet a bunch of stuff because you have those built-in notes. I also, just for like anyone who's looking for Twitter engagement, I get a ton of engagement just from engaging in hashtags, which is really good for myself for branding um, and anyone who's worried about that stuff. Yeah, I, I always go into these things thinking like I might lose followers because I'm tweeting so much. I'm like, surely I'm pissing people off with all these <laughs> dildo-related tweets. But that's, <laughs> that's what, what they're they come there for. <laughs> yeah. So I actually end up gaining a ton of followers, which I find really interesting. Um, and, and it's a cool side perk of going to an event like this. Yeah. Um, other, but for people who like live tweeting can be really hard. You can also, uh, you know, just manually take notes. I, I find it helpful to have some sort of record of what's happening in the sessions because sometimes I will go to a session at 9 a.m. and hear something and be like, oh, my God, that like blew my mind. That's amazing. Like there was a session I went to in 2015, I think, at Woodhull, and I retweeted Uh, Or I tweeted something about someone saying something that absolutely blew my mind, that, like, revolutionized how I thought about queerness. Two hours later, I could not remember what it was. 
And it has haunted me for two years. You weren't there. Oh, I thought it was that thing about how queerness is when you're not sure if you're uh, attracted to someone or you want to be them. Yeah, I think it it was during that session, and I think it might have been something else, but Mm -hmm. that also came up during that session because that was also awesome. Um, (laughs) Another thing I like to do when I'm taking notes at cons is to make a list of, like, actionable items that I'm going to actually go home and do Um, because sometimes, like, these ideas are so abstract that you're learning and you're like, that's a that's a cool idea it's an interesting concept but I don't know how to actually like apply that to my life so I might make a list and be like write a blog post about this thing um change the thing on my about page to say this uh buy this cool sex toy that I just found out exists um and then if I have that list then I can actually start integrating that information into my life and I find that really helpful and it really makes me feel like the it was worth the money that I spent on the con because otherwise this stuff just kind of like goes one in goes in one ear and out the other I did it yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it can be really overwhelming and it can be a lot like the first time I went to a con I was like I'm going to do all of the things and learn all of the things and like by the last day there were sessions where I was just like glazed over and I was like I can tell you're being real smart probably I don't it's (laughs) but I'm not getting any of it right now (laughs) um and that's part of the issue with cons too right is like you want to go to all these things, but it gets really overwhelming because this is like a socially overwhelming environment. I feel like there's so many bloggers here. Bloggers, in my experience, tend to be a little introverted. We need our introverty time. Um, so one thing I think is important is like decide which sessions you actually need to go to and which you can sit out if you have to. Um, and like don't beat yourself up if you have to take time off because like yeah, it would be ideal to go to all the stuff that you can go to, but if you're just going to be, like, a tired, grumpy zombie there, you're not really going to learn anything, so... Yeah, it can it can be really, like... You really want to do all of the things, especially when you're at an event like this, and there's that whole, like, fear of missing out, and you want to... You know, there are all the social events, and anytime you're in your room to rest, your Twitter feed is blowing up with all of the things that are happening, like the spanking party over here, and I, I mean, I don't know if you have my friends. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's events all over the place, and there's this other session or a keynote where people are saying these really, really clever things, and I'm just like, okay, but my bed is really comfy. I don't think you understand. Like, they're going to want me to put pants on if I'm going to there, and that's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I think it's important to recognize that self-care is an active thing. You're not missing out on stuff. You're not wasting time by taking a nap in your room. You're taking a nap in your room so that you can go to Bubbles and Burlesque tomorrow night, so that you can go to the cigar bar tonight, like, so that you can make it to the things that really matter, um, at least to you. And one of the things I do leading up to the con um, is I'm a Virgo. So for me, self-care means organization. Uh, Spreadsheets. Yes. Um, and going up to the con, one of the, I use Google Calendar for everything because I'm also Polly. Um, and uh, I love that you don't need to explain that. I just am there with you. I know what you mean. Like, right, yes. Uh, understood. Um, and I uh, will put in in the event in red all of the things that I have to be at. Like this is red. Because it would be awkward if I wasn't here. Uh, And, like, all of the stuff that, like, or if I've promised a friend I would go to their session or if I have a lunch date with someone, I put that all in in red. And then I go back and the stuff that, like, I'm excited about also goes in in, like, gray or something. So that at any given time, I don't have to bring up the website or bring up the conference app or anything. I can glance at my schedule, which is, like, on my home screen, on my phone, and be like, okay, these the next thing that I absolutely have to do is in five hours. Maybe I'll go look and see what sessions are going on now. Maybe I'll put a tweet up and see who wants to go get lunch or whatever. Or I can, like, rest. But I know when the things that are really, really important to me are. Mm-hmm. And I have that information accessible really quickly. And then everything else, I can make decisions on the fly. Because as much as I love organizing, I don't like to go into cons with strict expectations or really strict ca- schedules. I do that with cons and any other vacation I go on. Because if you go in with really, like strict expectations of all the stuff you're going to do, you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a fant- you could still have an absolutely fantastic time, but you're going to be like, "But my checklist <laughs> had get fisted and that didn't happen. I don't know what." <laughs> so like it can be really helpful 
while planning things is helpful and making sure you have a framework to work within, at least for me and how I work, don't go in knowing like minute by minute all of the things you're going to do and all of the people you're going to talk to because that's setting yourself yourself up for failure. Yeah, I, I did a blog post that was like the, the top 10 like things I'm looking forward to at Woodhull. And one of the things was uh, the storytelling panel earlier today, which I didn't go to because I ended up going to the thing about toxic toys instead, which like I was glad that I did that. Mostly, maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I went because, like, a lot of my friends were going, and I feel like the social experience of that was worth uh, missing the other thing. And the great thing about uh, these, like, tweet-heavy events is that if you miss a thing that you really wanted to go to, you can read the tweets. And, like, you kind of get the gist. So it's all right. Yeah. Also, if you're going to a con with friends or if you already, if you, like, make friends at the con, it's really great to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Um I have sent people to other sessions and been like, report back at lunch, and we'll figure out, and we all kind of debrief on all of the different things we learned, Mm -hmm. Um, and that way you kind of get the cliff notes on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And on the note of self-care, like, this is pretty basic, but I find when I'm on vacation or, like, in a different place than I'm used to, I kind of just forget all of the things that I would normally do for self-care. And they can be really basic things. Like, did you remember to drink water? Have you talked to someone you like today? <laughs> I mean, I here I have, but, like, last night I was talking to my partner and that really helped me feel better. So, like, I might make a list of, like, self-care things, like, just really basic things that I might forget because I'm on vacation. Did you take your iron pill today? Shit! <laughs> <laughs> Do that, you're gonna get dizzy. <laughs> Bex health doming me in the middle of the podcast. Damn it. You're right. I am gonna <laughs> Um Literally every time I'm like, why do I feel so weird? I just feel shitty today. I don't know what's going on. Bex is like, did you take your iron? I'm like, damn it. <laughs> um in uh, Again, organization nerd. I have alarms on my phone. Uh, I'm prone to forgetting to eat for a whole host of other reasons. So I have two different alarms that go off, one at 2 and one at 11 that is like, what have you eaten yet? And they're alarms I set for myself. So they're usually like, did you eat, asshole? And I'm like, no, actually. Um, So, like, if if something like that is helpful to you, because it's really easy to get caught up in a lot of stuff, um... I do, before the, like, on the first day of the con, I went to a grocery store and bought um, a bunch of different snacks and, like, protein bars and stuff I could have in my room quick, too. Because, like, hotel food, not always great and, like, kind of pricey. And, you know, like, I know a lot of the people here who are gluten-free or vegan came in uh, already researching what places they could eat at which is super helpful um, because I don't know if you've ever been in a room full of bloggers trying to decide on what's for dinner, but I have. The worst. (laughs) Oh, hurting cats for real. (laughs) So um, sometimes, like, doing that research ahead of schedule, especially if you have, like, specific dietary restrictions, can be really helpful um, just to have that in your back pocket. So. Mm You can be like, we'll go to this place, I can get this thing, everyone else can make other decisions. The other thing, since this is ostensibly a sex podcast, although TBH, not so much today. Um, <laughs> I had sex at this con. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just going to say, like, uh, sometimes if I like get grumpy uh, just in regular life, it's because I haven't had an orgasm recently. And again, that's the kind of thing that if I'm at a con, I might forget because I'm not in my regular everyday life routine. I don't forget that here. <laughs> <laughs> and good for you. But I t- yeah. today was like, I was like, why am I feeling so introverted and grumpy? And like, I don't want to talk to anybody or be a person. And then I just looked over and my brand new Doxy diecast was there. And it's just like, ah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that'll work. And then I was so much more cheerful after. Yay. Do you have, like, an all-time favorite con story? Oh, jeez. Because um, I have one. Maybe. Okay. I'm mainly asking you this because I forgot to tell a story earlier that yeah. I was going to. Let's start with your con story, <laughs> and I will see if I come up with one. Okay, so I was at the Feminist Porn Conference in, like, 2014. I was very, very shy back then, y'all. Like, so shy. Um, and I went to the bathroom, and I was standing in line outside the bathroom, and Jizzly walks up and stands beside me. 
If y'all haven't seen Gisli, holy shit, what a babe. Uh, <laughs> intimidatingly attractive human. Um, and I, of course, would never speak to someone like that because I'm me. I just never would. Um, <laughs> so I'm there just like on my phone. I'm texting a friend. I'm like, Gisli is standing beside me in line for the bathroom. Oh, no. I missed a part of the story. Gisli came up to me and was like, is this the line for the bathroom? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Um <laughs> immediately <laughs> so i texted my friend um what had just happened and my friend is like you should have been like i thought this was the line to make out with you <laughs> and i was like mm, i don't think i should have said that. <laughs> probably not i think that's rude i think if someone said that to me at a con i'd be like mm, fuck right off but <laughs> i uh <laughs> Yeah, I went to uh, the Queer Porn Film Festival in New York City, and Jizzly was there. Um, <laughs> and, like, at four different times during the evening, I would, like, glance over. And it's, like, at this, like, dark, dingy, like, art space in Brooklyn, and there's just, like, a giant screen of porn and not much else. <laughs> um, like, people are all sitting on the floor and, like, hanging out and whatever. Because um, Brooklyn, queers in Brooklyn. Um, and, like, every once in a while, I would look over, and Jizzly would be standing next to me. And it happened, like, three or four times throughout the evening. And instead of being charming, like I typically try to be, I, every single time, would just be like, ah, and run away. <laughs> like, immediately remove myself. <laughs> I also talked to uh, Courtney Trouble that, <laughs> that night and was like, and said something about, like, being nervous around all these people and everything. And Courtney Trouble was like, why? And I was like, I don't know if you know. But you're Courtney Trouble. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> like, Can I go back a step to make a terrible pun? Yes. Uh, you know what it's called when Jizzly keeps sneaking up on you and you keep hearing this music, creepy music, every time it happens, just like, dunna, dunna. Um, it's called Jaws, but J-O-Z. Zed, you're so, a bit of a high you're caliber. so Canadian. <laughs> that's why you didn't laugh, because you don't know what the fuck a Zed is. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, I have one. What do y'all know about New York Toy Collective? I know that they're so great. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I do have the Carter. I also have the Leroy and the Shiloh, and their packer is in my pants right now. <laughs> so I would say I like them. Um, so for anyone who just doesn't know, New York Toy Collective is a company that makes amazing dildos. Um, um, they sent me a box of dildos, which got lost in the mail, and it is honestly one of the greatest tragedies of my life. <laughs> um, there was a blue packer in it. Come on. I, like, I know some queerdos that want, like, they they make purple glittery packers. Like there is that is someone's gender. That is a lot of people's gender actually. Um, but what makes their dills so unique is that they have a flexible inner core and a soft squishy silicone outside, which is awesome. It's a design that I've seen in a lot of not body safe toys, um, but I really like it. Uh, they, they do it in silicone, which is awesome. They're also, like, handmade in Brooklyn by a bunch of queerdos, which is super cool. Um, Shiloh and the Carter are good. I do like the Vixkin, Mustang, and Maverick better. Um, they're the same exact dimensions. Mustang and Maverick don't have the flexible inner core, but that means they hold their shape better, and I like their shape, whereas I find... Um, the New York Toy Collective ones are a little too flexible. But Leroy, which is their biggest toy, is bigger than anything uh, Vixkin makes. Outlaw? Yeah. It's uh, half an so inch bigger big. in diameter than the Outlaw. It's, so the Outlaw's two inches in diameter, Leroy's two and a half. Um, you look at it, you're like, that's too it's much dick. Huge. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I need not. that much dick, and yet I want that much dick. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite toys, and it actually holds its shape better than all of the others because they put a firmer core in it because it's so much silicone. Um, so, yeah. Cool. I think we killed that question. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have opinions. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Um, I'm going to try to read this in a sexy voice, I guess. Um, maybe not. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, what can a partner do if she does not want any oral loving of her sweet vagina? Well, first of all, <laughs> I do want to point out that most oral sex on people who have a vulva, it is on the vulva. You're not oh. usually going to, well, I mean, you can. I mean, take some long tongue. Take some doing, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> but, so, f- first of all, if your partner doesn't want something, that can be the end of that conversation. Well, like, I think full stop. That, I think that this person is but. maybe asking from the perspective of the receiver, like, what if you don't want to receive? And I think one thing we often have talked about on our show is the idea of the redirect, which is, like, if your partner asks you for something and you don't want to do it, but you don't want to just be like, no, um, <laughs> you can just be like, you know what else sounds really fun? This other cool thing. Um, or, like, I really want to go down on you. Well, I really want to finger you. So you can kind of – that's, like, a slightly less abrupt way of giving a no. Yeah. Um, and if this is like from the perspective of someone who's wanting to give oral and their partner is like not down, a like that <laughs> no is a full sentence that can be the end of that conversation. But mm-hmm. if they are interested in like exploring, if maybe they're not comfortable because of insecurities, because as someone with a vulva, there is I've noticed a lot of insecurities around receiving oral sex. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of cultural narrative of like grossness and like, you know, talking about smell and whatever. So there's a lot of insecurity built up around that. Um, and part of it can be unpacking like, okay, what is it about this that you're not down with? Um, and then finding other ways to mitigate that. Maybe, you know, maybe they're down with trying it in the shower or after just after getting out of the shower. Or maybe they're insecure because all the attention's on them and what would be helpful is just sitting down and talking about how much you love that and how much you really enjoy um, going down on them. And, like, for we, we're into a lot of kink stuff, so for me, like, I like a lot of service. And if I'm feeling insecure about a lot of attention being put on me and my partner is like, You're, we're not doing this for you, it's for me. Uh, like, that, yeah. that's awesome, <laughs> you know? Um, so sometimes finding little brain tricks around that, if it's something they want to explore becoming more comfortable with, can be super helpful. Yeah, and I know that one of the reasons that I have often told partners no about going down on me is because I just didn't think they were going to be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, can I go down on you? I'm like, mm, are you going to be good at it, though? Because like, um, my concern is usually, like, it takes partners a little while to learn what I like. So, like, if there's some particular reason like that that they're not into it, maybe you can have that conversation and figure out what that thing is. And maybe it's fixable and maybe it's not. Um, but for me, I'm like, for me to enjoy it, I really need my partner to, like, be very attentive and study me like I'm so some kind of robot in a lab and like learn all my shit um i'm okay i'm fully picturing right now someone being like you know kate can i go down on you and you being like you have one minute prove yourself <laughs> the I mean, stopwatch is ticking basically yes my current partner told me on our second date that he had received applause twice in his life during sex and i was like what were you applauded for and he was like oh in both cases it was cunnilingus and i was like what um, <laughs> we should talk so later I was like, I don't normally ask for this, but like I'm very curious. <laughs> he was I've, right. He's very good. I've I've been I've given high fives. I've never applauded. Goals. Yeah. Somewhere to aim for. Um Bex, your collar is awesome, I know, right? Uh, where can I find one like it? Uh this is from a shop in New York City called Purple Passion. I went around for like a while looking for one because uh, I love the Aslan ones, but they're too thick, so I got this one because it's a little bit thinner. But, yeah, it's handmade in a store in Chelsea called Purple Passion. There are similar ones in the Leatherman, too. Uh, that's in on Christopher Street in Lower East Side. Cool, cool. Come to New York. If you could redo a con, what would you change to make it better and why? Ooh. Um, I have some salty answers that I'm not going <laughs> to say. <laughs> Like, I gotta keep it profesh over here, y'all, but... (laughs) Yeah, I think, um... Like, personally speaking, there are a lot of times where I'm like, damn it, I wish that I would have gone up to that person and said hello, because I know it would have been fine, and um, one of my favorite writers, Alex Franzen, has this thing that she says where, like, you can do something that will be temporarily uncomfortable to get a result that is permanently amazing. Um, And I remind myself of that all the time about going up to people, because it's like, I'm gonna be terrified for, like, 
30 seconds maximum, and then I'm going to have this great story for the rest of time. So, like, it's very scary, and I think, obviously, you need to take care of yourself, and if you're genuinely really freaked out and don't want to do a thing, don't do the thing. Um, But often, like, if you can push through, you're going to feel so great on the other side of that, and also you're going to probably make that person feel good if you approach them and tell them how great they are. Yeah, and I love the do-it-for-the-story mentality. Mm -hmm. Like, there are so many things that I'm just like, okay, Worst case scenario, it goes terribly, and I get to tell a hilarious story next week. <laughs> like, like, I tried to talk to Jiz Lee, and I really fucked it up. <laughs> but, like, as soon as I feel better about it, God, it's gonna, I'm going to be hilarious. <laughs> I think for me, like, on a personal level, um, my regrets, I have regretted, like, not going over and talking to people. Um, that definitely comes up. I've also regretted, regretted way overdoing myself and burning myself out. Um, that was the thing. It took me a couple of cons to learn that, like, naps matter and going to bed early-ish matters um, because, uh, I mean, con drop is a very real thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right after the con, um, <clears throat> You hear people talk about it, and, like, I didn't totally know to expect it right away. But, like, you get exhausted. Sometimes you catch a bug from, like, making out with everyone. Again, maybe that's just my con experience. Um, But, like, there is con crud. You wind up. You saw all these amazing people, and, like, now they're not. They're all back in their various places in the country. Um, So con drop is a very real thing. And a lot of times I try to, like, schedule for that and give myself a little bit of wiggle room. But also there have been times where I've burnt out before the end of the con and con drop started on, like, Sunday. Mm. That shit sucks because <laughs> you're still here. <laughs> Another thing about, like, what events can do better, um, if y'all want to listen to us be really salty, uh, go listen to our episode about the oh my God. the feminist porn awards. Um Okay, there are some things I like about that event, but uh, they did some things very wrong this year, and one of the things is that they showed a bunch of blood play scenes with no warning at all. Uh, don't do that. Um, and then they also, like, the, the host was making a bunch of, like, non-consenty jokes all night, which, like, it's the feminist porn awards. Like, consent is pretty central, as it should be everywhere, but, like, particularly at that event. So I think, like vetting the people you hire and like really taking your audience's needs into account is really important with any kind of event especially something as like emotionally loaded as sex yeah and like you got to acknowledge when you're tackling a conference that like you can't make everything perfect you cannot control for everything something problematic is probably going to happen uh and as a con organizer it's also important to like be open to that dialogue take feedback Um, and listen to it one thing i liked about the feminist porn awards is like when people were like y'all we need to talk like no one was like oh my god how dare you (laughs) (laughs) like we got pretty like they weren't super vocal but they also didn't come out and like shut us down and i've seen events do that in the past where people are like okay consider maybe no rape jokes and i've seen places be like you're silencing us and like (laughs) censorship yeah um or like complain when people are engaging with uh like criticisms on the internet and they're like and even though Especially at these cons, they half happen on the internet. Like, that's where all the conversation is happening. Um, Can I, if I can speak to that, like, I think one of the things that Woodhull does really well is prioritizing bloggers, Um, which obviously I'm going to say that because I'm a blogger. But I do think that that's part of the reason this con has been so successful is because bloggers are the people who talk about shit and who get people to go to things. And uh, Woodhull works really hard to make bloggers feel very, very special and taken care of. And like they understand the importance of the work that we do. And I feel that almost at no other con, basically. So I I do wish that... uh, this, this makes me sound like I'm a fucking princess. I'm just like, treat me better. Throw presents at me. Then I'll come to your event. But, like, honestly, it, it makes a big difference because the labor that we put into promoting events is indeed labor. And it's nice to uh, have that be acknowledged. And not even just, like, that they're cool to us because we're bloggers. But, like, also, that's great. Um, what Woodhull saw two years ago, because I came before um, – I my first year was 2014, so that was I was one of the only bloggers here. It was me and one other person, um, and the bloggers were kind of making a mass exodus from another event that used to happen, and they there were people that were like, "Where can we go?" Like, and Woodhull saw that and was like, "Okay, come to here." And Woodhull literally reached out to us and was like, "What do the bloggers need?" 
What kind of things make you feel safe here? Coffee. What kind of, mostly, yeah. Um, <laughs> and <Sorry>. like, <laughs> we need coffee and we need a room where we can get away from people because a lot of us are introverted. And they were like, great, we can do those things. Like, that's fine. Um, but they actually reached out to a community that they wanted to feel welcome at the event and asked how they can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really important when you're creating an event um, is to make space for all kinds of groups like that. And I've seen Woodhill do that a lot. Uh, I'm not going to speak on behalf of like all groups and be like, Woodhill welcomes everyone all the time. But I've seen them make an active effort. And like I've seen the people running the event have checked in with me and been like, hey, how's it going? What do you need? Like, giving me their phone number and been like, if anything happens, like, reach out to me. And I'm like, I, I'm just like one, one conference goer, you know? But they're really invested in making sure we have a good experience, which is important. Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, sponsoring your podcast and how that works. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> Maybe That's... talk to us after about this one. I don't <laughs> well, know that these folks are going to... Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound well, like, like super interesting radio TVH, <laughs> but yeah, talk to us after. We would love um, to talk to you about that. Yeah, I mean, if they're asking about how to get a podcast sponsored, like how that would work. They gave us our Twitter handle, which makes me... Well, um, um, we could talk about uh, how to... How like advertising in general can work, because that's... Yeah, so we've actually only done one sponsorship deal thus far, and they paid us to talk about their mission and what was cool about them and then they sent us some stuff that we could review um yeah i mean i think a lot of our sponsorship stuff we work through on the blog um yeah and that's a whole rabbit hole to get into uh for a lot of that like don't go into content creation necessarily looking just for money especially around sex like go into it because you enjoy it make great shit and people will start reaching out to you it's a slow process like, like my blog became profitable probably around like year two or three and now i'm at year five and it's making up like a good two-thirds of my income but it's taken this long to get to that point um the other thing i like to tell people about sponsored posts in particular is that they need to have value to your readers they need to fit in with the content that you're usually doing so i would never want to do a post that's like a sales pitch straight up because my readers are going to read that and be like oh well you you've sold out i'm going to stop reading your site i'm going to stop trusting you so what i like to do like for example i had a post go up today where the sponsored post client wanted me to incorporate the phrase my bdsm hookups because that was the name of this hookup site so i was like oh i can write about kinky experiences i've had so i can write about how kinky has uh, helped me feel better about my body. So I came up with an idea that I thought my readers would connect with and that was in line with what I would usually do, and I managed to work the link in there, and they pay me some money. And that's also just going to work out better for the advertisers at the end of the day because it's yeah. going to get more attention because you've written good content, mm -hmm. and that's the kind of thing that will come up in a Google search, and that's like evergreen post. Right. It's going to get shared more, and people are going to link to it, and yeah. Yeah. Do we have any other questions? Because I think that's all we have up here, yeah? Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier about being on both sides of that interaction. What is it like being on your guys' side, essentially having people come up? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> so the question was for the podcast, um, the question was, what is it like being on the other side of the interaction of, of meeting someone who's like a hero to you? Um, yeah, it, it can be weird if people are weird about it. In my experience, it's usually very lovely. Yeah. Um, weird in a <laughs> weird for myself not necessarily like an awkward interaction like I'm very <laughs> flattered but I'm just a weirdo in, like in New York City on a laptop like yeah. so people come up to me and they're like I've seen you on the internet and I'm like holy shit people look at that stuff <laughs> what yeah it definitely brings up feelings of like imposter syndrome and of like but I'm not anybody what <laughs> um I had this very like emotional experience last year when someone came up to me at Woodhull and told me that um my blog had really helped them come into their submissive identity and figure out a bunch of shit about themselves that they didn't know before and had basically really changed their life. And I like started crying in the blogger's lounge. I was like, no, that's, you can't, that's not true. That can't possibly be, what? <laughs> because basically like I felt like almost like I was talking to a younger version of myself, which is always kind of what I've aimed to do with my blog is like write the thing that I wish that I had had. Um, and I picture that person sometimes as my sort of ideal reader when I'm writing now. If I sort of lose sight of what I'm trying to do, I picture someone like that. And what does that person need and how do I help them and what do they need to hear right now? And it's, it's honestly, it's a lovely experience and I, I get very emotional every time. <laughs>
Yeah, for me, it still registers as more surreal than anything else. Like, people come up to me, they're like, hey, like, I know you on the internet. And I'm like, okay, awesome, hi. <laughs> like, let, let's be friends. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely, it's really cool and, like, really flattering. But it's, it still takes some getting used to. Like, it happens, like I said, I've been coming to Woodhull for years. And I've, like, progressively, I know more and more people. Just that I've, like, met at other cons, too. and Or met at other years of this con. And just, like, walking through the hallways now, I'm, like, everyone's, like, Bex, oh, my God, hi. And, like, I was not popular in high school. I don't, like, this is a new experience. <laughs> I worked at a sex shop for a bit earlier this year. And I had been working there for about a week. And someone walked in and looked at me and was, like, girly juice uh and my <laughs> manager and co-workers who did not know about my blog were like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it happens at my sex shop job too they come in and they're like hey and i'm like sitting there like juggling butt plugs trying to like stock stuff out i'm like yeah i'm charming and a person of interest hello how's it going <laughs> A person of interest, like you're a murder suspect. <laughs> you're hiding them under all these butt plugs. <laughs> if I had to hide a body. <laughs> Don't tell the internet that. <laughs> I'd choose something nondescript, like a pile of butt plugs. <laughs> we have another question. I'll never look under there. Uh, what are your hopes and dreams for uh, like a future in, in uh, a screenplay or some television thing? I mean, <laughs> I mean, our podcast would be awesome. <laughs> the question was, what are our hopes and dreams for the podcast as far as possibly uh, making it into a <laughs> screenplay? Screen. Um, <laughs> like a buddy comedy about two sex nerds on the internet? <laughs> Fuck yeah. That is already our life. <laughs> for me, though, uh, like, seriously, I go into the podcast. Um, edutainment is like a big part of how I kind of try and come at sex education because I find a lot of people. You talk to them and you're like, you know, oh, I'm a sex educator or whatever. And they're like, I don't, I know how to do that. I don't need, you don't need to be educated about sex. It's like falling off like, a log. <laughs> I'm just like, right, remind me never to fuck you. Also, <laughs> um, uh, but I find that, uh, the th you know, A, you have that whole layer of arrogance with it. But also the thing with sex is no one talks about it. So no one knows what they don't know. Mm -hmm. Um. So the number of times I have said things at my job, uh, and a lot of times, like, I'll be like, so you know blank, uh, or I'll be like, it comes up with the cock rings all the time. Uh, I'll be like, if I ask, do you want me to show you how to wear this cock ring? They'll be like, no, I, can, no, I know how to do that. Goes but on if your I cock, go, right? Yeah. I mean, but if I go, hey, do you want a quick crash course on the easiest way to put this on? They're like, yeah, okay and I show them that it goes behind the balls for, like, better restriction, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, people don't realize that they don't always know the best way to use things. Um, so for me, I like to hide my entertain my edu education work. This is a podcast. We can edit. Uh, I like to hide my education work in entertainment because people pay a lot, of a lot more attention to you if you're funny and charming and if you can make things entertaining. Uh, so that's kind of what I like to come out with this podcast, and hopefully we're entertaining uh, and we're able to like kind of inject it with a lot of sex positivity and that's kind of how I like to go about all of my sex education work and that's more of the work I want to do that's really accessible and palatable to a wider audience of people not necessarily looking for sex education. You're very smart and I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing further to add. <laughs> I think we're good. Okay. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. Go team. Uh, we're going to do our usual wrap our ups. Spiel. If, you, if you listen to our show, you've heard this a lot of times. <laughs> We have to tell people where to find us, other than right here. <laughs> you can find me right here after. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Dildorks and for being here with us. This is actually amazing. Um, I, as I'm saying this, I'm starting to tear up, so I'm not going to look at you. <laughs> Kate is crying. What a strange and rare occurrence. God, I've cried so many times, and we're not even halfway done the con. God. Uh, I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writings, so I'm a journalist, etc. at katewritesaboutsex.com. My boyfriend was recently talking to me. He listens to the show, but he's never checked out my websites. And he was like, so, like, what is on katewritesaboutsex.com? Because, like, your blog is already a sex blog. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, that's a good point. I should probably explain what the hell I mean by that. Um, that's my portfolio. Um, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. I post a lot of pictures on my face, which, as you can see, is very cute. So more of that. Uh, who are you? <laughs> I'm Bex. I'm all my writing is at bextalksex.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at bextalksex. As one of my coworkers at my vanilla job just did recently, so that's gonna be an adventure. <laughs> I like glanced over his shoulder as he's looking at his phone, and I was like, um, he was on Twitter, and I saw like my avatar, and I'm like, it me? Why it me? <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, together we're the Dildorks. You can find us at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, all of our stuff is at thedildorks.com. You can also uh, find us in your favorite podcast app and like write us a review because it makes me smile and I'm cute. Uh, I also wanted to say thank you so much to Protodome, who did our theme song. It's called I Want You in My Bedroom. Uh, you don't get to hear it today unless I just blast it when we're done. Uh, but it's very fucking Dance good. Yeah, and I wanted to also say thank you to Amy Gardner, who did our logo, which looks like this. We have stickers, right? We do. They're in my room, which is super helpful right now. Damn it. Uh, so <laughs> if any of y'all find me at the rest of the con, I'll make sure I have them in my pocket and I can, like, hand them out. So that gives you a reason to come say hi to me. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, are we all set? Until next time, folks. Get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I can just sing. Should we do a countdown? We're in the same place. Do we have to? Five, four, three, two, one. Yay! <laughs> Every time. It doesn't make sense when we're in the same place. There's no purpose. It's tradition, goddammit. You gotta do it. It's the rules. <laughs> okay, so I think we're gonna do the the, uh, the break that we usually do in the middle of the show, which is flirty break. Uh, yes. <laughs> so normally we would be prepping for a segment at the end of our show called Fuck That and Fuck Yeah, where we talk about like our favorite things and something that's pissing us off lately. But today we're not going to do that because yeah. fuck that. Right. Um, <laughs> but typically we get to that part and Kate is like, ah, yes, I have my fuck that and my fuck yeah prepared. Where are you at, Bex? And I'm always like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I always I, like it literally surprises me that we do this segment every single time. We're like 50 plus. We're almost 50 episodes into so this it's show. It's been a year. And every time I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and every time I'm like, oh. Right, that's our format. Interesting. <laughs> um, so we take the break for me to come up with something, and also for us to text cute people and flirt with them. Because also sometimes we sometimes we ingest some substances at that break. But also true. I don't think we're gonna do that. No, <laughs> we're in a, a hotel. Little, <laughs> seems a little rude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna take a flirty break. Um, that'll be like five minutes. Write down some questions for us, please, and then we will answer them. Yes. I'm going to assume everyone with their phone out is sexting someone cute right now, just like in honor of me, if you could. <laughs> Suze, do you want to bring us our questions if we have Yes. Them? Our lovely model. <laughs> She's so pretty. I know. She's so pretty. <laughs> Let's She's just like, creep on She's really, here. really, really pretty. <laughs> just like very, very pretty. <laughs> like... What? This <laughs> is my radio voice. This is, this is the flirt break, where we hit on the person bringing us questions. I mean, I didn't flirt with anybody else, so I gotta do it. It's, like, required. It Hi. is. Hey. Hey. Do you maybe want to get spanked later? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I winked like... I winked like it was a double entendre. It was not. There was one entendre there. <laughs> <laughs>